Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast, episode 15, brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, here as always with Byron Lambert, back home from now LSU Pro Day, where he was traveling to last week. Uh, we had to miss out on the last podcast of last week uh, because of travel restrictions from that and other duties that we had to take care of here in Austin. We should get two podcasts out to you this week and moving forward. Always apologetic to Roster Watch Nation when uh, other life gets in the way. But so we're backed up on information to get to. There's too much to get to. Byron, how do we even start? Yeah, I got a long list of stuff I want to get to. Long, long list of stuff I want to hit today. So let's dive right in. Um, no, well, for, well, first, shouldn't we, should, shouldn't we give the listeners a reminder? What reminder? A reminder to give us a five star review and a five star rating on iTunes. I'm I'm looking at the numbers of you who are listening to this podcast, the number of you who get at us on Twitter and on the website and wherever else, telling us where is the second podcast from last week. We said apologies. Uh, logistically, it was impossible to do with all of the travel and the technology that was available to us at the time. And we say, but if you like it so much, go give us a review or go give us five stars on iTunes. There's only how many five-star ratings? I think it's 32, but Roster Watch Nation did a pretty good job. Last week? After the... Um, after the berating they got last time? After last week. <laughs> okay, well, keep Small it pat on the back. I actually got, I got something that I want to get to on later about that. Okay, well, so I should hand it back to you. What do we need to get to this week? Oh, the, oh, the, the other reminder rosterwatch.com you can find all of this content at rosterwatch.com a pro membership is cheaper than a cheap cup of coffee we have new team needs tools coming up from mike band we are going to have our team interest uh our team interest tracker which is tracking maniacally all the interest uh, teams are or all the interest prospects are getting from teams it is scraping twitter it is scraping different news sources finding out who is working out where who is having private meetings where it's going to help you a ton with your mock drafts. Also, uh, Mike Band's newest top 10 mock draft up at rosterwatch.com, along with Byron's LSU Pro Day video added into the Pro Day library. Well, I guess there's no sense in beating around the bush. Would you prefer that I deliver a small bit of news I just received about Roster Watch that could get you on a fair bit of tilt live right here on the podcast? <laughs> Or would you prefer if I supplied you that information after we're done recording in private? Put me on a fair bit of tilt. It could. It might. I'm hoping it's just a small bit of tilt. Uh, Or maybe none at all. You're saying there's definitely tilt involved? Well, yeah, for the sake of the audience, let's just do it right now. Well, I just got, I I was just informed that. Don't tell me it's a payment processor or something. This next weekend, indefinitely, next Sunday is the last show on SiriusXM for Roster Watch. Why is that? Well, they are closing the Willie Nelson Sirius XM studio below the W Hotel in downtown Austin. That is imminent. And at the moment, there are no other Sirius XM studios in the Austin area. So, you know, I think... Why are they closing it? I, I'm What's not the, sure. Uh, I, imagine the tilt that Dallas is on. Yeah, I don't... I don't I don't know. I don't know what his job is going to be now. He's like the little well, he's minion, the, he's the, the troll. Yeah, he's he's the, the gatekeeper <laughs> yeah. of this underground studio here in Austin. How did you find out? Did Deutsch tell you? Yeah. So Matt Deutsch and Rob uh, Tuze from the front offices, the executive offices of SiriusXM, who've been great, who've been great, to been us. great to us. They gave me a call. Um, you know, they want they want to find a solution. They certainly want to keep Roster Watch on. But I will say, I mean, it does seem like Matt Deutsch's mind was a little more on his upcoming trip to Disneyland with his kids. No. You know, fortunately, Fair this enough. happened in the off season. Yeah. Boy, this didn't happen in August or September. It could have been a disaster. 
Um, so I, I will say they, of course, want to find a solution. But on the other hand, I, the, I didn't get the sense they were hell-bent, hell or high water, uh, that, that they've got to find a way to keep this show on SiriusXM, given this extenuating circumstance that's occurred um, with the studio. So kind of here's the situation is they're either going to find an alternate studio that we can start broadcasting out of here in Austin. They're going to make an arrangement for that. The second option is them finding loaner, I say finding, finding out if they can do loaner equipment and a setup for us to be able to broadcast remotely. remotely. The third option will probably come down to whether Rosterwatch Nation wants to pay for that equipment. And then, of course, the fourth option would be no roster watch radio program on Sirius XM uh, in the upcoming season. And so, of course, if we get to option C and D, we just, that is, I don't believe we will arrive there. I'm very hopeful that something's going to get worked out. And I expressed as much to Rob and, and Matt. You know, if anything, we've been flexible over the years and certainly able to come up with solutions. However, if it does come to the point where we're facing option C and D and this looking more of a full crisis mode, we may have to ask Rosterwatch Nation to mobilize and unite and pepper the front offices <laughs> of Sirius XM yeah. with our own brand of yeah. Tomahawk cruise missiles. <laughs> our, yeah, our own our own brand of guerrilla, our own brand of guerrilla marketing. Uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Definitely a tilting thing to start off the, the, the podcast that the radio show somehow is in a bit of jeopardy there with Sirius XM, but it wouldn't be roster watch if somebody wasn't on tilt. And fortunately, we've started the podcast. Yeah, we started the podcast. We're getting a ton of listeners here, here, here on the pod. And, you know, the fact of the matter is it's that... Here's the thing. We have a lot of Sirius XM listeners in our community, and part of the reason they pay for that subscription is to get their roster watch. That's true. And so they like the podcast, but they sure do like getting that value there on the on on the radio. And of course, it's a very, very important mornings, component yeah. to everything that we've done to build our community up. So something to keep an eye on. But of course, Alex and I are always hopeful and are sure we'll be able to work something out. Yes, it'll I, be fine. I did mention to him that, hey, this is a natural, this could be a very natural point for us to go remote, something we've been discussing for about a year with them now anyways. Exactly. LSU Pro other, Day. Other news and notes. <laughs> LSU Pro Day was an absolute blast. I wish Alex could have come with me. Um, I left Baton Rouge with a new Todd Gurley rap song. A new Todd Gurley rap yeah, song. Yeah, it's got a sick Todd Gurley lyric in it. I'm thinking about sending it to you and seeing if we can drop it in one of these podcasts right. at some point. Um, let's start with Leonard Fournette. So we knew it. We told you he's not going to really work out. He's going to go do pass catching drills, just like the Derrick Henry. Well, I thought situation. he'd do three cones and short. Shuttle. He just he just said peace out on this no, process. I'm never going to do them. He, I'm never going to do a short shuttle. I'm never going to do a three cone. I am never going to do a broad yeah, he, jump. He told us at the press conference that he didn't do the three cones or the shuttles or the agilities, and that if coaches wanted to come watch <laughs> him play football, they could. So unnecessary. The guy was incredible in pass catching drills. I've said all along, I've been telling Alex for over a year, this is the most supercharged version of David Johnson you can ever imagine. It's the best form of him. Granted, he's not a former receiver. I'm not going to say he's quite that kind of pass catcher, but boy, when you see him in drills, he looks an awful lot like David Johnson catching the football, running his routes. And here's the other thing. You know, everybody wants to call Leonard Fournette and Adrian Peterson, which I've never been totally on that bandwagon. When you watch him in drills, the guy has glide. He's got glide. His feet are good. They're light. He's got glide. So truly, I left LSU Pro Day saying he's really more of a Le'Veon Bell or a David Johnson in then terms of his running style than an Adrian Peterson. Then we give him credit for. So I think there is a discussion that maybe he's an Adrian Peterson, David Johnson, or Le'Veon Bell hybrid. That's a that's a pretty good <laughs> talking about a sick player. It's a pretty point. good discussion. Um, the guy's ripped, man. I mean, he's he's standing right next to him. He's he's not even six one, but he's built so well, so well proportioned. He just looks like a freak athlete. And the I got to pick the brains of a lot of local beat writers while I was there, and just learn about the backgrounds of these LSU players, right. which we find so important. And 
what I found out about Leonard Fournette is, so he went to, I don't know if you know this, Alex, but he went to a famous uh, prep school down there called St. Aug. St. Augustine in, in, in New Orleans or something. So what they say what is... Was this, what was his connection to Texas? Texas recruited him, or did he go to high school earlier in Texas or something? I know that there was recruitment at the, at the University of Texas. I mean, he's a, he's a kid that grew up... So, so what I learned is he's a kid that obviously grew up through Katrina... He's from a similar area as Teron Matthew, but he apparently has a much better family situation growing up. A pretty, pretty solid family situation growing up. Right. You know, relative to the socioeconomic demographic that you kind of have down there um, in terms of that. And a lot of those, well, a lot of those inner city New Orleans or just even outskirts of New Orleans, a bunch of like, a bunch of those neighborhoods are. I, I, those are the roughest anybody, neighborhoods in the some, country, those are some man. Very rough neighborhoods. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's constantly in the running as murder capital of the country. It's, it's, it's definitely rough. D.C., Baltimore <laughs> right rough. up there as well. Chicago. Chicago has certainly been right at the top. Um, so he went to St. Aug, and St. Aug is apparently this very straight-laced Catholic school that still whips the kids. Oh, God. Paddles them. So he's from a disciplinarian football high school. He's from, he's from an Adrian Peterson background himself. He is. Indeed he is. Indeed he is. I took it more of this guy's, he's learned discipline is more what I took it as. And um, it's, it's funny. How did it come up that they still used paddles? Was that something She just told said? me. And, oh, and, oh, and, oh, and what was that, a local insider, what yeah. she was telling me was that, oh boy, I got a lot of stuff. So um, she was telling me that the Catholic church down there is basically fighting the school to get the paddling and the whipping removed the diocese or somebody is some someone high up in the catholic church is trying to and that school has been staunch about no way that's part of the culture down now, here we're not the, changing that is one of the paddles with um one of the paddles with like a wooden paddle that has has like holes in it or something like i didn't that? i didn't get that that's what i imagine so like picture. the leather grip with the holes drilled in it it's a tough. It's 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 a tough one to well, take. Hey, listen. Man. I like knowing that my my um, my fantasy rookies have come from those <laughs> kind of backgrounds. Hey, because, my studly ones. Yeah. Because, my first overall dynasty pick. I like knowing he want, came from that background. Well, you just like somebody that comes from a di from a from a black from a, a background of rigid discipline. So, what I also heard from this same individual is that accidentally stumbling into a an exit meeting towards the end of the season in which it was Leonard Fournette's exit meeting which was media was not supposed to be in there right basically I said where's a hard thing to stumble into basically what was being discussed was that Fournette had said I've done what I've done here for LSU and now I'm all business this is all business and so a couple things not running the three cone the agility not doing the bench that was all business not now, playing in his bowl game. This is all business. Boy, I like a businessman now. And so you don't he's have a sharp guy. You don't, you don't have anything against it, like him and McCaffrey and all this? Like God, I mean, no. no. I don't either. I don't They're either. smart. I respect smart individuals so it, that are savvy with their money. So hold on. Let me, let, me, let me keep going here. So, And the other thing is that when at the press conference, <laughs> what he told us is he came in at 228 instead of 240, not because he can, it matters at all in the way he plays. His, he said his, he specifically wanted weight. to show them he's not a 240 that balloons to 250. He's not an Eddie Lacy. He says, I want to show them I'm not a 240 that balloons to 250, 260. And I mainly came in at 228 today to show the teams that I keep my business in order, is what he said. He just had his second child just a few weeks ago. So now he's a father of two. I'm really, really liking... Uh, and he, here's the other thing that, that I was told about Fournette is that from the day he came on campus with as much accoladed fanfare as he came on, apparently they have to walk down this hill to the, to the stadium every day or to practice and then to the game as a team. Well, the, 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 the media is always there and most of the guys just ignore him or whatever. Don't do media, you know, the media obligations, whatever. Leonard Fournette apparently since day one has understood his gravity and his obligations like a pro right. and has been the consummate professional with all his media obligations, the way he's treated students, media, administration around the school and has always given them time and been a professional about it. So it seems like he's got a really good grip on that. So when you get all this information, I mean, I think these are all very, very positive signs. Of course, we're hearing in the, you know, 
the latest rumblings uh, across draft Twitter and in the draft universe that, you know, Fournette is submitting himself as potentially top five here. I don't think that's a surprise at this point. And no. There's a lot of reason for that. Yeah, well, and I'll bet you if you're saying that you came away liking the kid, I'm sure that the NFL teams came away liking him. I just know that I was just – what I was trying to ask you about earlier is it seems like the football types, like the old football men that are in this business – you hear them old and crusty and saying that not playing in the bowl game shows you're a shitty teammate. It shows you're not in it for your team, that you're being selfish, all the rest. Like, when does self-centered stop, stop and start and, like, um, and like being a good kid? Like, what's the – and bu- doing only business, well, saying I'm all business, and then being a good teammate. When does one stop and the other start? I mean, first of all, you wouldn't be old and crusty if you didn't complain about things like that. <laughs> That's just probably true. Right? Yeah. For me, it stops and starts when, I mean, this, this is, a, you know, this is a self, a business and very much a world of self-preservation. Of course, we don't want to be self-centered human beings, but at the point where there's a liability to me personally, especially when you... Do you think it's a liability? Do you, think that, do you think he thinks people would have been questioning his change of direction and all this stuff if he ran 7.3 in the three cones? I think it's a health liability. I'm not getting my knee blown. I don't know. Just overall, I think these kids deserve the right to be afforded to make business decisions when it comes to this juncture. Hell, I think they ought to be able to make them potentially even earlier. And so, yeah, when when my money's on the line and it's and it's me that has has the liability... That's 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 where that's the buck stops for me on that. I have no problem with it. I actually admire and respect a guy who can handle his business. So, but so you think it's bullshit that when people say it's this bullshit, it's just dude, Leonard Fournette and, and McCaffrey are going to be two of the top prospects in this whole draft. Teams in the end are not going to care bull- that they it, sat out a bowl it's, game. It's, it's 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 bullshit because they're being hypocritical because they're going to draft him anyway. Ask those guys what they would do if they're faced with all the millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I'm just asking what you think. Jamal Adams, I mean, a really impressive just crop of character kids Jamal from Adams, LSU. Jamal Adams, uh, a, a great member of Roster Watch Nation, Coach Clay Mack. That's his most precious son and his most prized protege. Didn't think, didn't get to watch as much of him as I wanted as I got uh, in the Leonard Fournette press conference. I had to be there for that. Um, but from what I did get to see of Adams, obviously I got his 40. The guy is fast as hell. I got him at 4-4. Four, four. Got my stopwatch four, fixed out there the, this time. The four, got him three, at 4-4. Four, 4-3-3 four, four, three, three four, that three, they reported. 4-3-3 seemed a little low. That's home cooking. It's home cooking. Got him at 4. I said it was 4-4-ish. Four, four Turned out to I be. I think it's a 4-4. Four, right. four. Now, what I saw was a guy. I and that's a great improvement over his 4-5-7 at the combine. That was a big deal. I saw a guy that moves well, didn't maybe move as well in his backpedal and his kind of hip swivel as a haw Clinton Dix did, who we thought was an elite. 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 Yes. And his backwards movement as a safety prospect. But still a very good mover. But he's a he looks like a killer when he puts his foot in the ground and comes down. It comes forward. downhill. He sure does. Uh, again, very, very impressive kid. I mean, the the guys are cranking out at LSU. And by the way, hey, by the way, quickly, Baton Rouge is awesome. Well, where did you? So, did you make any cash at the casino tables? People were texting me. Uh, people were tweeting on on Twitter saying, "What the hell? You guys didn't do a second podcast last week." Did Barn ended up making any money? Ended up only eight and a half hours at the poker table. Way, oh, way, way under. under. Did you feel like you got a bunch of action? Huh? Did you feel like you got a bunch of action? Oh, I certainly did. did I'm like As looking pay, back, and I love how the guy on Twitter termed them swamp donkeys. That's the <laughs> so I took these swamp donkeys. That's what you did on the last one. In my in my eight and a half hours at the poker table, I I took those swamp donkeys for for a solid eight hundred bucks. Eight hundred? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Eight and a half hours. Actually, the hand a that, under hundred bucks an the, hour. The hand that I won really put me over the top and got me close to cashing out was. This real loose, aggressive player smelled like dryer sheets, smelled real danky sitting next to me. <laughs> and uh, he, let's see, I had an ace 10, I got dealt an ace 10 suited. He was to the left of me. And we came in for, and there was one other guy in, I forget the exact action, but we came in for 20 bucks pre flop. What, what did you have? Ace, ace 10? 10 suited. Yeah. And, and he was sitting to your left? And he's sitting to my left. The flop comes 10, really blank, blank. Right. 
and you have top pair, top kicker, no, yeah. no real. Yeah. So this third wheel, who's in first position, right? He fires out fifty bucks. So I look at the board and I'm like, shit, and do about man. a seventy-five dollar pot or so. I'm probably. like, shit, fifty dollars. That's pretty stiff. But I'm like, what the hell did I play this hand for? In, for what in, the in hell case. did I just pay twenty bucks to get in a hand with ace ten and flop top pair on a blank board? Top pair, top kicker on a blank. This is once you've been there for a few hours, your poker instincts start coming back to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are the moves you have to make in this one-three game. You've got you can't you can't be a pussy. You got to call these things down, man. Yeah, and so and so what? So happened? I call this guy for fifty. Right. And, and, then, did, and did homeboy behind you call? Then the guy uh, behind me he raised. goes all in. Jesus Christ, three hundred bucks. <laughs> I didn't fucking believe that guy for anything. I said, man, he there is, was already two hundred twenty-five. This guy in the pot. is making yeah. a huge move on this pot right now. Yeah. Loose, aggressive player, just been broke a couple times. I've seen him making these moves. Right, first, I've only been playing with him for maybe forty-five minutes. And, and, and so, first position folds. He comes back around. First position fold. Well, he thinks, and I'm sitting here thinking, if this guy folds, I'm fucking insta calling this guy. If that guy calls, I might be fucked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He folds. I insta call three hundred. At that point, that's like I think I was. I forget where I was at, but that's a sizable portion of my stack. And. Uh, Dude, the guy flips over fucking 10 8. So he'd flopped two pair. Yeah. Oh, two pair. He had flopped ten, on that on that fucked up board. And one, there was an eight. So he'd flopped two pair. I saw so him, you know, Jesus, man. Fucking turn comes. 10. I mean, ace. Boom. There you go. So I just. I, I was like a 10 done, huh? I, su I sucked yeah, out. Yeah. I sucked out on him. The ace came. I sucked ace out came, on him. Ace came on 4th Street. You didn't, have, you didn't even have to wait till the river for it. Just yeah. Right then. And then there was nothing to help anybody on the river. Took down, it was a huge pot. Took down it's a, a really huge pot. pot on a suck out. But, you know, here's the thing. The more you play <laughs> with the aggressive players at these casinos and with friends that we've had in the past, these guys, you know, you got to get into big pots. You have to. I mean, you want to be ahead. You don't want to make a bad call or whatever, right? But all the time you see these guys who have the – huge swings at the poker table that are up to 2,000, they're loose aggressive or whatever, and they're down and they're up and they're down and up. Constantly what they're doing is finding their way into big, big pots. pots. Every, way, every once in a while, it's got to shake out in your favor, and it certainly did for me there. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, at least you came away with 800 bucks up in cash. It's like you, had a, you went somewhere. It's like you had a free place to stay. You did work. And then you got like paid to do it. Oh yeah, the Loberge is very, very nice. Actually, me and Duke Riley have a lot in common. The linebacker at LSU, actually, you know, a guy who had a really nice pro day, and he is the talk of the town in Baton Rouge. That is a golden sun for them in Baton Rouge. And actually, when I remember watching Duke Riley, the few times I tuned into LSU, thinking this guy can can run around and make some plays. I guess I had forgotten he was at the Senior Bowl. And I don't believe he was somebody we'd really. No, I, I don't. Even, I just maybe remember him maybe putting putting some stuff in his shoulder pads. Maybe you remember the guy with the big yellow hair though. Oh there yeah, was. that yeah. was Duke Riley. I remember him. So Duke Riley, he finished wraps up a pretty good pro day. I mean, he's gone from an undrafted guy to to draftable and. It's so funny. I go to this place that uh, everybody in town is telling me I got to go for oysters. So I go to to uh, this place called Parrains. Kind of close. For oysters to on the half shell. Oh yeah, I just go for a bunch of raw, just beautiful raw Gulf oysters. You know, people hate on the Gulf oyster. Boy, they're they're misinformed. They're donks. They are misinformed. They're big for their big fleshy, like light tasting oysters. Light, they're good. Very clean. Good. Get a just a fraction of a salt water taste, and you know, they were instructing me up there that I see. I, I go just a squirt of lemon juice and horseradish on mine. I don't use cocktail sauce. I don't put them on the cracker. None of that garbage. And they had pretty spicy horseradish down there. Not as spicy as Harry and Izzy's or St. Elmo's with the epic shrimp cocktail in Indianapolis that we get twice a year at the NFL Combine. At least. But I was instructed that I was using too much horseradish because those Gulf oysters taste so good. You need to back down the horseradish so you get the taste of the oyster a little bit more. Of course, I finished that meal with a black drum poncha train with crawfish tails on it. It was unbelievable. But where I was going with that is Duke Riley was at the restaurant. Yeah. Right? So he's, he's going for his big post-pro post post day. Meal. We've seen him do it. We saw Brian Stewart get a monster. By the way, I saw Martin Fishman down there, oh, of boy. course. Yeah. And uh, so then I get Does back. Does he have an LSU kid? 
He does. Some guy that was injured. I'll have to find out who. He wants yeah. to get him on the show. He, he's, he's a defensive, defensive player, defensive back. Good, good kid. I met him, though. Um, so then I get back to the casino at the Low Bears, and I, I go and take care of some business, and I come downstairs to go play in the card room. I walk by, and who's at the roulette table? Duke Riley. Duke Riley. <laughs> our kind of dude. And so, uh, yeah, I wonder if you're allowed to do that. I wonder if you're allowed to do that as a player at LSU. Do you think players are allowed to go to the casinos? Like on the weekends? I don't know. He's a former LSU player right so now. So a whole lot of whole lot of uh, whole lot of storylines nowadays in football involving gambling now that we have the Oakland Raiders moving. Can I can Vegas. I get to a few more things here? Let's get to them. Panthers talk. Uh, had Panthers observers uh, from their from their uh, local beat and media contingent there. Was able to pick their brains for a little while about what's going on in Carolina. Um, they've been at all the major pro days. Um, for the guys that the Panthers may be targeting. So obviously where we're at with the Panthers is, you know, I think we're looking at guys like Fournette. We're looking at, we're looking at the ultimate can-do guys, the Jonathan Allens, the Leonard Fournette that fill areas of need. Obviously, if one of these high-end safeties may be corners, I think more likely to be a safety falls to them. Those are the guys that are in mix there. Defensive, defense, somebody, a stud like Jonathan Allen on the defensive line. Leonard Fournette at running back. If you look at our team needs tool, it looks like this will be going up at rosterwatch.com for our pro members. And just a reminder, you can get a pro membership at rosterwatch.com for less than a cheap cup of coffee uh, here with Alex Dunlap and Byron Lambert on the Rosterwatch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. The Carolina Panthers are picking at eight. The team need number one. So the team needs that we've identified through our analytics, first need is right tackle. There's not anybody they can take there, the right tackle, whose values commiserate with that. Uh, edge is who we have, number two. Wide receiver is who we have, number three. Running back is need, number four. Cornerback is need, number five. Defensive tackle is need, number six. And offensive guard is need, number seven. So there's, uh, I think that wide receiver will be there. Running back will be there. I don't think well, Marshawn what Lattimore been, is going to be there yeah, now with so it, Chicago's it, release. If Lattimore Porter. or Jamal Adams or a hooker fall, they're going to be in play. I think Jonathan Allen's going to be in play. Fournette's in play. What I was told is they are not in the market for Mike Williams. People are fed up with get what Gettleman's been doing at the wide receiver position with the Funchesses and the Garretts and the Benjamins. They want something different there with a different a, a speed dynamic. But I've been told that that they are targeting Corey Davis or John Ross, but that would not be at eight. That would be in a, in a move back in the first round. We'll see. I was also told it's just smokescreen central right now about Fournette coming out of the Panthers building. What about Christian McCaffrey? I think that's. I think it's possible. That's a show me what he can it's do. It's possible. Right? I think that's a very, very good possibility. I think that's a very good possibility. I just think he can bring you a speed dynamic. He can bring you a little bit of a running back dynamic. He fits. He, can bring you he fits with the Panthers. He's a very. He would be a very good tool for the Panthers. He's a. He's a. What can he show me? What can he do, guy? And I think John Ross is another one of those guys. But he's, it's a, it's a little bit different. Not he doesn't come with. He, he doesn't come with the same versatility. I don't think he he'll, he would be on the field for as many downs as a Christian McCaffrey could be, which is an odd thing to say because I'm not sure that Chris. I view Christian McCaffrey as a three down back. But I do view Christian McCaffrey as a three-down player the more and more I'm watching him. Byron walked in here today to my office, and I have my Christian McCaffrey highlights on. And the more and more I watch him, I feel like I'm a little bit late to the party on the guy. And, I'm, and here's the thing. I'm not, you know, not going to put him inside my top three or my top – I think you've got to consider him in your top four running backs as far as a pure prospect, though. And I think given what he could do, the way that a, a team could just covet his exact skill set – you know, if they have a plan in mind for a Christian McCaffrey, I think he can be a good weapon in the National Football League. I mean, I've told you guys for two years, I think he's Reggie Bush. That's exactly where I've landed at this point on my evaluation of him. Look, a former Heisman pick, the former number two pick in the draft, but also a guy who didn't get a second contract with the team who drafted him. Right. Turned out to be a good weapon with a good career in the NFL that fits a need. I can't overstate this. These teams draft for need. McCaffrey they is say ultimate, that they don't. Ultimate, they sure say they don't. They, they sure say we're do. going to take the best player well, available. But, but let's be honest about it. Let's Sometimes be, they let's, do. Let's be fair. It's incredibly... I feel like the Titans have done a good job taking best player available. There, yeah, I mean, it, it is possible. But what we say year after year is once you're in this business, it, it's, it's impossible to so pre- precisely assign value cross-positionally that you're not going to consistently end up at junctures in the draft where you have basically ties on your board. You break those with need. And you're going to default. You break those with need. So that's happening often in drafts. Right. Um, 
So, yeah, to me, the ultimate can-do guys I think that are in play there are any of those defensive backs we discussed, Fournette, McCaffrey, and Jonathan Allen, all, I believe, in play for Carolina there. Little Saints talk from the Saints insiders. Yeah. I was told that Brandon Cooks is an absolute stud and freak. Why? So, I mean, why you trade him away? They just, it's they just, just not not a fit in the offense. Not a fit. And it was that, contentious. Not well, a fit in that offense. That's what he. That's what he said. Like that's what his agent was floating. That he was bitching about asking for a trade and stuff like that during the season. Don't you remember? Yeah. Michael Thomas started to look sick. He's like, "What am I doing here in this offense?" You know, like I don't know. It seems like they probably there's been things bubbling underneath the surface. Maybe the Saints are wanting to trade him for the same reason that the Seahawks are open right now to trading. You open to trading Richard Sherman. He's a guy who you like, who's still a really good player, but for some reason, something bubbled up to where, you know, that maybe they asked for a trade or talked about a trade during the season. And once that kind of happens, you become a fidelity risk and, and there's distrust on both sides. Eventually, a trade in one of those deals gets done. That's why I think eventually a, a tr trade will get done for Richard Sherman. But anyway, back to Brandon Cooks. They say that they like him. Stud, freak, beast. The, what I left there realizing was it, it may be time to really uh, once again re-examine Brandon Cooks get him up and consider, on the just, MFL consider getting on the Bob Craft bandwagon. Okay, well then let me ask you again. Do you like him more than Alshon Jeffery? That's a tough one, man. Do you like him more than Keenan Allen or Amari Cooper? I might like him more than Amari Cooper right now. I mean, it's close. It's close. But it's just they're so, so far, they're so far apart with their ADPs. It's well, like Amari Cooper has an ADP of like 14, whereas Brandon Cooks doesn't have an ADP until 26 or Well, something. we still need to be strategic as far as extracting value from our drafts. So, of course, the ADPs are going to have to come into play there. You what? We certainly still have Brandon. Let me ask you this. Brandon Cooks or Mark Ingram? Okay, well, that's a great one because that leads me to I have two other points from the Saints <laughs> okay. Insiders. I well, told you I got the, a long list to hit here. All right, answer the so question we need to keep first, moving. Though. Answer the question. I think Ingram. Okay. Now, Adrian Peterson was just in to visit the Saints. I don't see that really Joe Mixon in to visit any kind of fit. I wouldn't be shocked by Joe Mixon in New Orleans. Um, if they don't draft a running back or if they don't draft a high-end running back and or sign anybody, basically what I was told at this point is that all signs point toward, towards huge action for Mark Ingram this season. If he can stay healthy, yeah, make a statue huge, of him on the exercise huge bike action. right outside the stadium. Huge action. Things are shaping up in a big way for Mark Ingram for this season. Yeah, of course, if he stays healthy. So Ingram, which is something that's been a real issue. Ingr if they sign, we can't act like that hasn't been a real issue. Yeah, but he's been a nice value. He's right. a nice value. He's a nice value. And what I'm for, saying is for, for, an, for an early third round ADP. What I'm saying is I'll, I'll be willing to put Cooks above him if somebody else is brought into the building that I think poses a threat. But if Ingram gets to, if that depth chart stays similar to how it is in New Orleans, Brandon, Mark Ingram, a guy we're going to have to like, but what I'm saying is Brandon Cooks, he needs to have our attention. These are these are eyeballs that have been watching him for a few years in practice who've also been beat riders on other teams around the league and have seen other players practice for years. And I'm, and, and I'm assuming that this is a beat rider that we actually respect. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least, Saints talk. Yeah, I'm not sure this is a surprise at this well, point. Let me ask you this. Is the thing about Mark Ingram getting huge action because Tim Hightower's been shipped? Yeah, and they just they, he looks good and they love him, and it's just a big – it's it's a great situation just, just for Mark Ingram. Things are lining up. They things are, like things are aligning for Mark Ingram, potential, you know, monster. Um, what I was told is do not be concerned about any kind of Allen Robinson drop-off for a Michael Thomas, that Michael Thomas is an absolute – monster and they love him in new orleans well they they said the same about alan robinson and he's a monster too it's a hey, soft, i'm just letting, a you, go, I'm letting you guys know what i've been told yeah from people I, who I observe you. practice that have I'm seen not a lot of NFL my, players. hey look i'm taking michael thomas above deandre hopkins i'm taking uh michael thomas above amari cooper i'm not sure i think that maybe we should it's you that won't let me get him above jordy nelson that actually brings up a good question before i get to some housekeeping here should there be any late developing DeAndre Hopkins comps for Mike Williams? Why are we not hearing DeAndre Hopkins comps from Mike Williams truthers right now? Mike Williams to Clemson? Yeah. 
Because he doesn't have the hands. Oh, some people would argue your no, pants off. His hand, his they would are, argue your pants soft. off. His Guys like Mike Mayock saying they he's are the best. not as big. Oh. It's just he doesn't he doesn't have the same hands as Nook. I don't care what anybody says. Okay, that's he fine. has some of the best hands I've ever seen in my life. It's like DeAndre Hopkins and I think Tyler Boyd and, and Odell Beckham just have the best, softest, cleanest. You know who else had really good hands is, is Leonte Carew, but I hated him for other reasons. I just don't put Mike Williams in the same I don't put him in the same Ballpark. Many folks consider. I was just him having this conversation earlier today. Many folks. I don't think there's any wide receiver in this class that has the the hands that we've observed from a Sammy Watkins, from an Odell Beckham, from a um, from even, like even like I was talking about, even a DeAndre Hopkins hey, my, or Tyler Mike Williams. Boyd. Hands on tape are pretty filthy, and there are a lot of folks that believe that he has an elite, non elite pair of hands. I, I'm not saying that I'm necessarily in that camp. I'm just expressing. I believe this is a concept or a notion we should at least be aware of in case he's going off in bananas two years down the road like Hopkins was. Nobody expected Hopkins to do what he did. Nobody. He didn't have this. He didn't have this grade. He was a late first round pick because he's slow. All the same things. He's got nine, nine and three eighths inch hands. I just and 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 the and from the combine, I, I remember I remember thinking that they kind of slapped off his hand. It just wasn't a DeAndre Hopkins. It just wasn't. I, I've had the luxury of com- of being able to see them both like live. And, and I'm just saying we should have this in our minds as one of the range of potential outcomes, so that we don't ever feel about like a donkey about this situation. I don't feel like we feel like a donkey. We've said no, we've gotten a, not, we've we've gotten plenty high on Mike Williams. As a matter of fact, I think he's probably going to be the first receiver drafted. Um, John Ross is going to be our number one. He's he gone is. absolutely nuclear. Uh, and then we're gonna have to have discussions about Corey Davis um, or Mike. A, a mention on John Ross. Well, I just think Mike Williams is ultimately gonna be drafted first. Now, whether you, that factors into our grade or not, we'll have to see. Uh, did want to add one late developing comp into our John Ross comps. So far, our comps for John Ross have been Deshaun Jackson, Tyreek Hill, Santana Moss, and Odell Beckham. Wanted to throw one conservative one in there, and that's gonna be a Malcolm Mitchell. I do believe that John Ross is like a really sick version of a Malcolm Mitchell in many ways. And look, Malcolm Mitchell was awesome last year. So this is a compliment. Gives us kind of a full range there. But still, you look down at that list, you love every one of those comps for John Ross. And you mix those guys together, and it sounds an awful lot like an Antonio Brown. Woo! <laughs> Can we get to some housekeeping here? Yes. You got anything you got to do? Yes. Uh, no, just hey, go go to roster watch. I just did my uh, uh, spotlight, my my dynasty rookie spotlight on Curtis Samuel out of Ohio State. I actually think that he's a guy who we need to keep our eyes on as well. I think with his current ADP in dynasty drafts being late second round, early third round, if he it, he ran a four three one at the combine. And I think if John Ross didn't do what he did, we would probably still be talking about how uh, how how Curtis Samuel is like shooting up draft boards. So do you I, like his tape? It's just hard because he played running back kind of. He was like a running back who also played split out wide at a wide receiver. He played flexed off the line. Is he in the Wayne Gallman category of things? No, 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 because he's a because he's more. I think he's going to be more of a natural receiver. I mean, the, he kind of reminds me of a Golden Tate or a Bruce Ellington. Maybe, and I think with a dash of Don, of Dante, Hall, just old school Dante Hall in him, just because he just he's, he's a flat out absolute speed burner. The human joystick, four three, yeah, because that's the way he is, dude. Just very very shifty, very sick player. He's got big enough hands for. I mean, he's 5'11", 196. and if you just watch him, go to rosterwatch.com, read the uh, you know read the article. My my main concern with him is that he's not super great at any one thing. It doesn't seem like. You know, it seems like he's a good runner and he's a good receiver, but he doesn't run as he doesn't run very good routes yet. You know, and he's but I'll tell you, he's he's got that Odell Beckham. He can take a quick slant to the house, and he did it time after time. And like I watched like six of his games, and he did it twice in 2016. So he didn't didn't get much action during his first two seasons at Ohio State just because Zeke was there. But once Zeke left, I mean, he was a do everything guy for those guys. So Curtis Samuel, I think probably a third round. You get him in the third round of your dynasty drafts. I think he presents for where you can get him. You know, per dollar production per dollar as far as draft equity is concerned. In Dynasty, I think that Curtis uh, Samuel might be probably on a per dollar basis. We're looking at draft equity, maybe the highest upside guy that there is. Yeah, I'm certainly excited to hear that. Yeah, just because he just because of his sounds like a trash speed. man to me. 
It is. Is he a guy a trash man's going to hey, love? We're turning more and more into trash men in our old age. I'm we're still, realizing it's good for our it health. It feels good, and it's good for your health. It really yeah. is good for the blood pressure. It's good for most things in your life, actually, except your finances. <laughs> well, if, if, if you can make the money first and then be a trash man, it's really good for your finances. Kind of like a fusion yeah. that Alex and I have going on over here. <laughs> yeah. I want to give a shout out, a big congratulations to one of our biggest homies in Roster Watch Nation, and that is Sully from Houston. We know he listens to these podcasts. Uh, Sully, please email us, rosterwatch at gmail.com, with the email address associated with your pro account so that we can give you a credit for your last month's charge. Sully from Houston tweeted us that he just had a second child and his. He was able to keep his wife. Let him keep his subscription <laughs> to Roster Watch at, so at the great price of a, just a cheap cup of coffee at three ninety nine a month. So, Sully, we thank you so much for your support, and we want to uh, give you something in return, man. So, please email us rosterwatch at gmail with the email address associated with your pro account, so I can personally handle it up for you. And that actually gave me an idea. Because Roster Watch Nation did a great job last week after the last podcast. A handful of you guys went onto iTunes or the, the podcast app and gave us the reviews. The Perfect. good reviews. Five-star reviews. And listen, I'm maniacal. I love every <laughs> night after these podcasts you going go, in. Hey, hey, Byron goes and checks. I, he, he scrolls down real slow. Just I like do. Just like he's checking his fantasy lineups. I love seeing one by one what new comments <laughs> might have popped up. And you guys are doing such a great job that I've had an idea that maybe we should do like review of the week. One or two of them. And Alex and I will every week, every week go through the new reviews um, that are up for the podcast. And we'll vote or choose uh, review of the week, or maybe we'll pick a couple of them, and we're going to refund or comp your most recent month's charge for your pro subscription. Oh, right. Fair enough. So I got an idea maybe how we can get this started. I don't know if... Um, and maybe we can come up with a topic every week to continue this, is why don't we give... Well, let's throw a question out there. Let's throw something out there, and you guys go on to the comment section... Or not, not the comment section of the site, the review section for the podcast. In iTunes. And you guys answer this there, along with leaving a nice review that compliments us on there. And then we're going to go back through and we'll give you, we'll, we'll figure out whose review of the week was. So here's my idea. <laughs> okay, well, first, first, things first, <laughs> first things first, let's figure out who's this week, who wins for this week. So I've narrowed it down to three of them here. Let's hear them. So this is by the Freshman Kids, five-star review for Roster Watch. Best show on Radio Turf. Roster Watch is by far the best for all things football and fantasy football. The show is a blast to listen to, and I own a yearly subscription to rosterwatch.com, as should all of you. As should you. I want more trash man just to have it reek like garbage. Get his review out of here. This is Radio Gold. Oh, well, good for him. We appreciate right. it, but the trash man's trash. That's I think my first nomination. Him. My second no nomination from Swaggy NR. He says, must download. Five-star review. Short but sweet. I like this one. This podcast is Gandhi. Is Gandhi. I'd never heard that before, but all I can imagine is that means it's dank. Yeah, I think so. I think that means it's top-notch. Gandhi was a top-notch dude. I, it was? I think he... Is, Does he is, mean something else? I don't know. Have you looked up Gandhi on Urban Dictionary? Could this mean it's something nasty? Uh, it could. Uh, Gandhi could be some kind of... I think it means it's probably I, I try something. not to look on Urban Dictionary, it, man. It, it could mean it's... I don't know. Gandhi Urban Dictionary popped right up. Let's see what it means. It, see, it says Gandhi... Uh, it looks like there's a number of definitions. It says Gandhi, a brilliant leader of nonviolent... Uh, Right, Indian insurgency. Verb, to go all Gandhi on someone is to be very uncooperative when asked to do something. Um, let's see. Gandhi, probably the coolest person to ever live. Homeboy believed in peace, justice, and equal rights. I think that's what he means. Those yeah. are our beliefs. A word used to replace the word cool because it sounds better. Tony, it means dank. If something's the Gandhi, it's the dank. Where the hell do you think you hear people saying, oh man, that's Gandhi? Those are the same people who say, like, pass me the Buddha. Look, I, listen, I would give it to the for the freshman kids because Hold he's... Hold on, a, I got one more here. 
No, there's there's one, one more nomination in the running. Money sign Isaac. Disgusting, filthy, cockamamie, radio gold. Five-star review on April 6th. Whenever that theme music starts up, my pants get a little tighter. Pro subscriber, fantasy league champion, and citizen of the universe. Roster Watch podcast, straight fire. Thanks, Alex Byron and the Trash Man. Straight Money Isaac wins the award. We for have a sure. winner. That's the winner. And but hey, with 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 a lot of respect to the Gandhi guy, it's hey everybody who who, who left a review, they are all fantastic. We we love it. We love the encouragement. We love to be able to point to this and tell our marketing people and tell the people who help us make a lot of decisions that doing this is a good idea. So we uh, thank you all so much for all the terrific reviews. If you can continue going to do it, a five star review on iTunes. And uh, if you're on Stitcher, there as well. We just never read the Stitcher stuff because we don't use it ourselves. Money sign Isaac, please email us at rosterwatch at gmail.com with the email address associated with your pro account. I will personally make sure that we comp or refund your most recent charge. Okay, so my question for this week that we want Rosterwatch Nation to mobilize and unite and go into the reviews section for our podcast and, and answer if, this if, there. If people aren't going to start wondering why there's weird questions being answered in the reviews, we don't care. It's awesome. It's awesome. People Somebody's got to be on till. People are going to start wondering what this is all about. They might listen to the podcast. So at, we every year we um, amass photos of basically every incoming rookie uh, into the NFL. And every year uh, right around the NFL draft or right after, after it expires, we update the Twitter ba- the background on our Twitter feed with a selection, a carefully curated selection of our favorite uh, photos of our favorite rookies for this year's dynasty leagues. So I want to know who roster watch nation thinks should make that group up on our Twitter background for the 2017 season. I have some early ideas, John Ross, Leonard Fournette, Deontay Foreman, OJ Howard, Christian McCaffrey, Miles Garrett, and Mike Williams. I'm not going to put Miles Garrett on there because we don't put defensive players on it. So what I want is Ross to watch Nation to go in and make some suggestions. Suggestions. We got photos of with everybody. With the understanding that John Ross is going to be right in the middle with just a big, a big blazing sun right, right behind. How him. many go on there? Let's see. We can usually get. I can probably five like or six of five them on there. Six, maybe up to seven. So let us know who you want on our Twitter background for our sort of the golden sons of Roster Watch Nation from the twenty. 17 class. Speaking of uh, friends of Roster Watch, I want to tell Byron just uh, Byron last week had John Ross on the SiriusXM radio show on Sunday. I had on Jeremy McNichols, who you said missed last week. We cursed him on the show for not living up to his obligations. I said, hey, look, he lived up to them. He came back on the show. He called in at the right time. So we cannot cast him in the in the uh, Taj Boyd, Quentin Patton, uh, uh, Xavier Gooden sort of, uh, you know, trash bin, trash heap of absolute turds that did not live up to their roster watch uh, obligations and expectations. And McNichols, when you watch a little bit of his tape, he's actually pretty, pretty – a lot of truthers right now. Pretty good player himself. A lot of truthers right now. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him after I got done watching him. I mean, I came to the idea that this could be some kind of Gio Bernard meets Devonte Booker. You know, pretty good player. You know, so he's a he, he was a good interview, good kid, but you know, just not as good of an interview as you had with John Ross because no one's anywhere near as awesome. We've as gone John nuclear. Ross. <laughs> yeah. With John Ross, a reminder that when you go put your review up and you uh, put your nominations in for the rookies that will adorn our ne- our new Twitter background, that one of those reviews will be up for review of the week and will be getting a refund to their pro account uh, on the next podcast or on next week's podcast. Okay, I just got a few more things on the list here, Alex. Um, boy, have we come to the conclusion that the sneaky second-year dynasty wide receiver to own at the moment is Corey Coleman in lieu of the news about Josh Doxson and Laquan Treadwell from both Jay Gruden and Mike Zimmer? Yeah, I mean, I just uh, I don't know that we've we've, we've been talking. It's been body blow after body blow after body blow for Doxson. 
and the latest one's been that they're going to take him slow through OTAs without Achilles. Ominous. It's like this is so. This is this this is this is sounding worse than Brashad. Well, ominous because not only do we want to know what the hell the injury is that was never supposed to be any kind of terror. They bring in Brian Quick. They bring in big body. It's just Terrell Pryor. They re-sign Vernon Davis. They're going to run that thing through Jordan Reed. They have Jamison Crowder. This is starting. It's turned into a nightmare. And the thing is, is you just can't afford to miss this much time. Can't afford to miss any more time. And you can't afford to trade him right now because his value is in the tank. And Mike Zimmer coming out saying all Laquan Treadwell needs to start focusing on is being an athlete. Yeah, we I told mean, you from the beginning about the Treadwell. the most nebulous unendorsement. I don't even know if that's a word. I have ever heard. That is alarming. That is ominous. <laughs> yeah. Especially considering that Laquan Treadwell is has and will always have been considered as a prospect a limited athlete at the position on the football field you have Sashi brown at the combine when i asked him about Corey coleman saying look Corey coleman you extrapolate his stats out across an entire season if you'd have stayed healthy last year look at the season he would have had now you have him coming back at the year in the system hopefully healthy and there's no terrell Pryor, no you know no swindles coming from any exactly Sashi and hugh hyping Corey coleman up the exact opposite of what we're hearing from jay gruden and mike zimmer on their former uh, first-round wide receiver selections from last year, to me, right now, it, there's a lot of clarity there that of the group. And you could throw Will Fuller in there. Who else can we throw in there? Uh, of any guy that I mean, you Michael can kind of buy low on. Mike Thomas, you can't buy low on. Tyreek Hill, you're not buying low on. Corey Coleman is the guy right now of that of that group that we all need to have our eye on yeah i can't think of any i can't think of anybody else who's anybody that i'm you know really really going after right now maybe a sterling shepherd but it's not on the same kind of level what do you think about all. a couple bits of news and notes let me ask you this one thing real quick so i had to get the mfl 10 cheat sheet updated for our pro members at rosterwatch.com that follow the three simple rules uh professional quality draft is guaranteed using the cheat sheet but i just wanted to ask you where exactly you have marshawn lynch with the news of not really the news, but the speculation of Marshawn Lynch to Oakland. It seems like he's a guy that if you can get him on the cheap, you probably should. Where do you? Well, before I ask you, sort of where you, where you see, who, what kind of players you see him up against? Where do you see taking Marshawn Lynch right now in an, in an MFL ten in a best ball league? Have you seen that beast mode has gone business mode today with his Oakland shirts? Well, that's that's one example of it. They just say beast mode Oakland, so he doesn't have to give, the, and they're silver and black, he doesn't have to give the team anything because he could just say, no, it's a beast mode shirt. I'm from Oakland. Well, those will be worthless if he ends up going to New England like he and his agent are floating today. Oh, God. I didn't see that. No. And, I've, been, I've been doing, I've, I've, like, I've been watching film and stuff. I haven't been on Twitter. Look, beast mode has gone business mode. These are simply negotiating tactics. He's sending a signal to let Reggie know it's time to break him off something big now. Yeah, he'd love he'd love to stay in Oakland. He's letting Reggie know it's time to break him off something big right now. Let's not let this thing get too far away from us. I, I really don't see Lynch in New England, but with that out there, that would change. Would that change your outlook if he was in New England as opposed to Oakland? Yes, I wouldn't like him near as much. Even though Legarrette Blunt had 18 touchdowns last year. And LeGarrette Blount still has an offer on the table from the Patriots. And this is PPR as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And that's another bit of news and notes. I've kind of always expected that marriage to continue with, what, a third or fourth set of vows sometime what, this offseason. What, what I think happened is I think what Belichick said is we've had you on a, on a deal for a million bucks a year the last two years. We'd love to have you back. million bucks. Deal's on the table. And he's like, Ultimate, oh, I, want, oh. I want more money. He's like, all right, we'll go out in the free market and have more money. But we, hey, hey, LeGarrette, we're always going to have this deal. We have this deal on the table for you. You know you can always come back here. We'd love to have you be a Patriot. I think that is what's the deal that's on the table. Yeah, and I, I, th I think that probability says Blunt more likely than not ends up back in uh, Bill, New England. Bill Belichick, speaking of Deontay Foreman, worked Deontay Foreman out personally just yesterday here in Austin, Texas. And actually had Deontay run wide receiver drills where he was acting like he was a DB. <laughs> the old Mike Zimmer. Yeah. The old Mike <laughs> Zimmer crazy. on Dachshund. I said, are you crazy? I, you know, just, but yeah, that's uh, apparently that's, that's what well, I Well, that's the other bit of news and notes then is Deontay is headed, what, to Tampa Bay today to work out for the Bucks. Bucks. Yeah. And then he'll have after, I believe after that, he'll have the Jaguars. 
apparently we we would really really like the fit in Tampa Bay of a Deontay Foreman with with a Doug Martin getting really close to on his way out the door there that would set up as a huge opportunity. They continue to invest assets in renewing that offensive line. Marshawn Lynch or, or Eric Decker? Oh, you want me to answer your question about yes, Marshawn Lynch? We, yes, we've been, on, we've been to three topics since that. Give me Marshawn Lynch. I don't like Eric Decker as a Marshawn Lynch or John Ross? <laughs> ah, that's a bad one. That's a bad one to ask me about. Well, let's see. John Ross, what do we think he can do? I mean, you listen to all those players we mentioned. I think you got to go Marshawn, but it's getting closer. Even though he doesn't have a team, John Ross will have a team. He'll be involved. He'll be, he could have a Tyreek. Oh, I had, don't have any problems taking the higher Marshawn probability Lin outcome and the certainty associated with John Ross. I feel very sick about him. Marshawn Lynch or Martellus Bennett in Green Bay. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch or, all right, how about just positionally? Marshawn Lynch or Deion Lewis in a PPR? Marshawn Lynch. It's close. Really? It's okay, close. Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch or Theo Riddick in a PPR? Ugh. It's the I, PPR. I hate, I hate. That's when in doubt gets sick, Marshawn All Lynch. right, well, so I think I have him dialed in at just, at just the right spot. He, I, I, I got him one spot. One to two spots above Adrian Peterson. I think you should take Marshawn Lynch in your MFL 10s above the Adrian Petersons, the Kenneth Dixons, the Thomas Rawls of the world. Well, when it gets that tough to start splitting the hairs, you know you've got him in the right spot or yeah. very, very close to. But speaking of Deontay, though, you told me, is he driving a Maserati these days? Yes. Because I was noticing that Deshaun Watson's been tweeting out a bunch of pictures of him and his new Maserati. What is it with all these guys not even in the NFL yet driving Maseratis? I think they, it, that was something where I think that was um, – I don't know exactly what the deal was with his Maserati, but I think it was kind of given to him by his agent. You know why I think they're choosing Maseratis? I think he, cho I think he had a choice between a Maserati and a Benz, and he chose the Maserati because it was a little bit – something a little bit different. You want me to tell you what I think it is? What? The logo, the insignia of a Maserati is a crown. They think it's a car fit for a king. <laughs> well, hey, Deontay is, a, Deontay is a running back fit for a king, and I think he's somebody who everybody is. I just I can't believe the number of people who are sleeping on him. We've talked about it here on the podcast over and over, but the more I, you know, the more I just think about it and we go through and I look at my rankings, I'm trying to figure things out and get these guys slotted. I'm just like, what are the arguments that I have against Deontay Foreman and then how can I justify getting this guy over Deontay Foreman based on what he's done and based on everything that we know? And it's, it's really hard to get many people over. Well, it depends. Are you ranking where you think, when you think guys are going to come off the board in the actual no, draft? Are you prospects. ranking guys based yes. on prospects? Yes. Well, then, then you just, you know, to me, you can throw the other garbage out of the window and rank the best guys. Yeah. Look, here's the thing with Deontay. I think we told you on the last podcast after his pro day, I mean, Look, he's sick. These people are sleeping on Foreman, fast, right? Man. He's sick. Yes. I get you can argue that he has a, I've seen it here at Texas for speeds. Two years. That's that's bogus. He can be really, really good at what he does. I do think he needs to, you know, every running back wants to be on a team with a good offensive line. I think he, he needs it more than I think he's kind of a Derrick Henry that I want him to specifically go to a team with a good all O line. I think that's gonna be imperative to his success and immediate success. But look, here's the thing. He doesn't have the athleticism questions that Dalvin Cook has, nor does he have any of the character entrees or background questions. That That's widely known and accepted at this point through NFL circles. And he doesn't have any of the baggage that Joe Mixon has. And to me, those are the guys that if you're looking at every down backs, those are the guys that you're arguing over Foreman. And you know he's just a much cleaner prospect. Look at and when all production other, in the same in the same conference is Joe Mixon. When all other things are even, you want the high character guy who's got the clean background. That's Deontay Foreman. For Who is me, the better college player? For me, that puts him at the number our, my number two number running two back overall. Behind and, and listen, with Foreman, Fournette. you're getting a guy. Look, what are we talking about here? They're already saying Dalvin Cook might only be a 15 to 18 touch guy. What are we talking? How are you going to draft that over a guy that you can give the ball to 25, maybe 30 times a game? Informant. You're going to do it if you're a donk. And if you don't listen to your roster watch. You got anything else? No. The only thing I had was the Marshawn Lynch stuff, man. So if you're, if you're all done, we can wrap this thing up. 
I'm good. Go get your reviews in, Roster Watch Nation. That was episode 15 of the Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. As we've told you throughout the podcast, please give us a good review. Give us a good rating uh, there on iTunes. You can find all of our content at rosterwatch.com. Get a pro membership. Support Byron. Support me, Alex Dunlap. For Byron, I am Alex Dunlap. This is the Roster Watch podcast. We will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>